0: There are over 500,000 kids in foster care across the United States, and making sure they're well taken care of takes a village. I'm Erin Lindstrom, and this is Foster Care Aware, a production brought to you by Tidewater Friends of Foster Care with support from the Barry Robinson Center. If you've had it on your heart to become a foster parent, volunteer, donor, advocate, or just want to learn more, you're in the right place. For more information on how to move forward, head to fostercareaware.org slash next steps. And now I'm thrilled to share today's segment with you. I'm Erin Lindstrom and I am joined by Audra Bullock, the founder and director of Tidewater Friends of Foster Care and Jessica Schwabe, the foster family trainer with Intercept Health. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to have you here. Thank you, I'm excited to be here as well. Yeah. Um, To start us off, could you please tell us a little bit about Intercept Health and the kind of services you offer?
1: Absolutely, so Intercept Health opened in 1996. Um, We started as a group home, and then from there, the owner wanted to just um, continue adding services that our youth might need. So um, we did group homes, now we have our foster care. We also do therapeutic day treatment. Um, So we call it our um, continuum life of care. So we just Mm -hmm. offer whatever services our youth uh, might need in the community.
2: That's fantastic. Can can you tell us about, for purposes of foster parenting, what kind of foster parents are you looking for?
1: So every child is unique and different. So we need all different types of foster parents. Um, We have some kids that, you know, can't be in a home with other children. We have some kids that can't be in homes with pets. So we need all families, um, single, married, empty nesters, people that have never had kids, people with kids in their homes. Um, The biggest thing is really just families that really wanna work with our kids that are coming from places of deep trauma. Incredible. And what, what are the
2: like specific age requirements for um, a, a person to become a foster parent? Can you, can you elaborate on that?
1: Um, yeah, so families just need to be 21 years or older. And then there's just some general background requirements, um, you know, pretty decent background check, um, DMV check needs to be clean. We'll do a um, CPS check on the family as well. Um, so yeah, just meeting all of those kinds of requirements.
2: And, and what attributes, I know you said that you're looking for people to really care about the kids, but what attributes make a successful foster parent and foster family?
1: I mean, people that want to have fun, you are still working with kids, so our kids still want to go out and, you know, go to the movies, go to the park, um, you know, play games together. Um, people that are going to be patient um, because our kids are learning new skills when they come into our homes and it takes a long time for everyone to learn new skills so someone that can be patient with them um, like I said really persevering through difficult times um, and people that are going to be flexible because there's there's a lot that goes into foster care
0: um, but we can offer you a lot of support for it as well. Mm. Can you talk to us a little bit without breaching any confidentiality of course but the types of kids that are coming into care as far as like Ages? Are we looking at sibling groups or children who are typically um, like single, so to speak? Can you tell us
1: about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we are licensed for infant through 18 year olds. Um, typically what we see with single kids coming in, it's more of like the 11 to 17 year old age range. Um, but then we do get sibling sets and we do see younger kids with that. Um, so we've got some sibling sets in our homes that could range from like two years old up until like eight years old. So definitely what we see.
2: And what support services do you have for foster families, birth families, and the children in your care?
1: So every um, child that comes into our home will have a family consultant. That's what we call like our case manager. Um, We work very closely with our families. Our staff, um, we're really good at having good ratios so that our staff can really be available for our families. So we call them weekly to see how things are going. Um, We go out to the house at least once or twice a month. Um, We host training at our office monthly. So they really get to know us and they know everyone that they're working with. Um, We, of course, have um, an on-call number for emergencies that happen outside of the the 9 to 5. So just really offering all the support that they need and then trying to catch any issues at the beginning so that they don't turn into something bigger.
2: Can, can you give us an example of that? Because I don't think many people in our audience are familiar with foster care and foster families. What, what are the emergencies that occur?
1: So there could be like a mental health crisis on the weekend. Maybe a child is um, not feeling safe and maybe they're self-harming themselves. So we can help the family get them to um, a hospital to make sure that they're safe. We can go with the family to the hospital and walk through the process with them. Um, because safety, of course, is always going to be the number one priority.
2: So it sounds much like a village mentality. You all are there working right alongside the families to support these children to help them be successful. That's that's absolutely fantastic. Um, often the biggest question we get um, with foster care is um, adoption and how that plays in the realm. Of course. to set the stage, foster care is an ongoing custody case with the the primary goal of reunification, Um, but it it evolves as the case goes on. So can you talk to us about that evolution and how adoption plays in the mix?
1: Absolutely. So every single family we work with gets approved as both a foster and adoptive home. Um, Like you said, the main goal is for children to return back to the biological family However, that doesn't always end up being the case. Um, So with the adoptions that we've done and the ones we're in the process of right now, um, it's actually been kids that have been in our foster homes where the initial goal was for them to return home. And then a year goes by, maybe two years, maybe three years goes by, and it ends up that that's not going to be possible anymore. Um, So then we shift the focus to seeing if the family would like to adopt the child that is in the home. Um, So if that's the case, then it's kind of a, seamless transition as much as it can be in, in the system um, where we'll just kind of help support the family, get the adoption legalized, and then they can um, you know continue working with us if they would like. But the, like you said, the main goal is for them to go back home. But typically what we see is that it's a child that has been in a home for a while where we thought they were going to go back to the biological family, but now things have changed so they can work with us now.
2: And is there a, um, an expense for the foster family to adopt?
1: Child? No, no. Um, f- uh, foster to adopt families are not incurred any expenses.
2: That's incredible. That's incredible because, you know, if you go to a private adoption agency, you can lay down as much as $30,000 or more um, for adoption. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's incredible.
1: And then post adoption, they will still receive um, some financial assistance for the child in the home too. So that's something that's very helpful. And how is how is that
2: determined? Um, cause I, I understand post adoptive, uh, support and, and well mm-hmm. I would say maybe our viewers don't know that there is that, but there is that ongoing support, but
1: how is that determined? how's that gauged or set? Um, it's based off of the child's needs and behaviors. So the entire time that they're in therapeutic foster care with us, they um, fall under what we call the VMAT. So it just kind of tracks the child's um, emotional and behavioral needs and issues. And, um, it just kind of tracks them based on how severe they might be. So the more needs and behaviors, the higher the stipend would be to assist with, you know, services and support in the, the parents' time and energy helping the child.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, we talk about behaviors in foster care, but but let's talk about, I think it, it, it maybe puts a stigma on these children that um, it's all hard work. It's not all hard work, right? Tell us some some success stories, some beautiful moments. And your experience in foster care
1: they're all still kids so you know kids can have the tendency to be impulsive kids kids can have the tendency to be um, you know hyperactive that's just part of working with children so our kids aren't any different the the difference is that they've gone through some types of trauma so we just might need to work a little bit differently with them Um, but we have kids that have come into homes that they are so food insecure that they're hoarding food all the time. So they're eating everything in sight. They're, you know, taking food and hiding it in their bedroom because they don't feel safe. They don't feel like there's going to be, you know, food in the fridge if they go look there tomorrow. Um, so one of the the nice things is that we get to see that progression with some of the kids where you'll see that they're they're not doing that anymore. They're able to eat, you know, a, a normal size portion. We're not finding, you know, wrappers and, and candy and everything in their bedroom quite so much. And it shows us that they're starting to feel safe in the foster home. Um, And you can see it through their other behaviors as well. They're not getting, you know, so worked up about little things because they're trusting the family that they're with. Mm,
0: So it really is like seeing and being witness to a transformational process when you can meet them with the trust and love of a safe home. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Jessica, can you can you tell us a little bit, so many of our viewers are kind of listening in and maybe hearing from different agencies for the first time and kind of just getting, um, you know, their whereabouts around, like, okay, what are my options? Can you speak a little bit about what makes Intercept special, especially being part of this village, right, that is wrapping around people? Um, I would love to just hear from your perspective, like, what what's special about working with Intercept?
1: Yeah, definitely. I absolutely love my job and I love my role. I am the foster family trainer and I work one-on-one with our families for the entire approval process. So I, um, I help recruit families, I meet them for an initial orientation so that we can um, talk to them a little bit more about our agency, learn more about what their preferences um, and expectations for foster care are. I do all the training, I help with the background checks um, and the home study stuff. So I, I work with them for the entire process. Mm-hmm. Um, I also meet individually with all of my families. So I train whenever is convenient for them. I can work with them in the mornings. I can work you know after traditional work hours on weekends um, because we have families that are. Ex- excited to come through the process and we want to take away as many loopholes as we can for them or obstacles as we can for them. Um, so I do that and then the other thing we do is that they'll work with different staff after approval, but they're meeting them throughout the entire process as well. So it's not just, um, you know, new faces that they're going to be uh, working with at the end of it. It's people that they're familiar with. So we really want them to be comfortable with us um, just so we can all work together in the best
0: way possible. I love that. And how long does the process typically take? I'm sure it might be a little different case by case, but if someone is interested in becoming licensed and taking in a child, what, how long would you say that typically takes?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the average is about four months or so, um, but like you said, it's case by case. So it depends on the family. I've approved a family um, in as little as two months before, and I've had other families that are a little more Leisurely through the process. So it's taken them, um, you know, a little bit longer, but our, our goal is closer to about three to four months. But again, I can be flexible with our families.
2: I love that flexibility because you know I think that um, historically has been a barrier to many families entering foster care is a, a lot of rigidity around what a typical foster family looks like, as well as this regimented training schedule. So I, I very much appreciate your flexibility in that because I believe it'll bring a lot more people to the table for, for you all. Now tell us about um, the scope uh, the geographical scope of where you license.
1: Okay. So my office is in Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, However, we are a statewide agency. So we have offices all over the place, Richmond, um, Roanoke, um, everywhere, literally everywhere in Virginia, you can get licensed with us. Um, So that's fantastic. And so um,
2: they can contact you to put them in the right place. Let's say we have a viewer
1: from Richmond that wants to, to connect, they can contact you for that? Or yeah, absolutely. They can go to our website or our Facebook page too, and it'll help kind of um, filter them
0: out to the correct place too. But yeah, can, anyone can reach me too. Perfect. So that website is www.intercepthealth.com. And Jessica, this is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I think this is really valuable information. And just thank you on behalf of Intercept uh, for doing this work and taking care of our community's kids.
1: Thank you you so much. I'm glad you all are putting this together. I'm excited to see all of them.
2: It's great. And you have a clear passion for what you do. And we appreciate you for that.
0: Thank you. And a big thank you for listening. Foster Care Aware is all about spreading the word about how we can help the kids who are in care in whatever capacity works for you. Tidewater Friends of Foster Care is here to help support you through the journey. Whether you want to be a foster parent, volunteer, donor, or advocate, head on over to fostercareaware.org slash next steps to learn more.